I'm Heather. And this is Jay. And this is the Trauma Tally. Jay, what's a Trauma Tally? A Trauma Tally is when you have a traumatic event in your life and you yourself or someone else says something like, that's not so bad or so-and-so had it much worse. These are Trauma Tallies and we do not encourage Trauma Tallies here on our podcast. We want you to face whatever your trauma was and begin to heal from that. We support healthy ways of dealing with and healing from trauma, not downplaying your trauma, and consequently continuing to suffer from the effects. Exactly. We want you to use the tools in your toolbox to get the help that you need for whatever trauma you're going through. Uh, Know that you can live life, not just be a body in life. Yes, absolutely. And that's a trauma tally. All right, so... Um, I'm not sure about you, how you are with sports. I'm kind of mostly a yay sports ball kind of person. I don't really have a lot of knowledge. I mean, I grew up watching some sports with my dad. And so I know, you know, the goal is to get, you know, all the bases run in baseball. Like baseball, I'm okay with. Baseball, I could could tell you some things about. Not a lot, but some things. And then the, uh, (laughs) Leroy says hi. And then the, um, but like football, I know the goal is to get down to the end zone. That's pretty much so all I know, really. But I think a narcissist. <laughs> I know a lot about narcissists, including this little furry one right here who's who's yelling at me. Come on, put your face up here and I'll, I'll pet you. There you go. Um, so you know about football running it down to the other goalposts. Yeah, basically that's what mm-hmm. I know. Um, and I kind of have an idea of what the position names are, but I don't know a lot about them. So when I came in one day and I saw my kid watching a documentary on HBO, it's a documentary called BS High, and it's by Travon Free and Martin Desmond Rowe, and it's a HBO documentary exclusive. I was like, okay, she's watching it, but she's like, mom, you've got to, you've got to sit down and finish this with me. You're not going to believe this man. And so I did. And holy moly, this guy is like... I don't know how he doesn't have any criminal charges against him. I don't know how he doesn't have um, any kind of any kind of like things against him that is like I, the only things that he has against him are civil lawsuits because nobody can do anything about this man. Hmm. Nobody. And so, like, you're just not going to believe this story. I've got a lot of quotes from him because I really feel like he is. I mean, I want to see what your opinion is. I'm leaning towards like a sociopathic narcissist. Hmm. At first, I kind of was debating about a a psychopathic, but he has too much emotion to be psychopathic. They tend to not like relate to anything, but I'm, I'm interested to gauge your opinion on him. And, um, this may end up being two episodes because I've got a lot of notes here. Okie doke. As Let's well as started. some screenshots. Let's get started. Okay, so it's August 2021, all right? All right. And, you know, we're just, we're post-COVID, pandemic, lockdown, all of that, okay? We're mm-hmm. coming out of the 2019. So this is pretty recent then. Yeah, this is this is brand, <clears throat> brand new. I believe the documentary was released uh, this year in 2023. Wow, okay. So um, August 2021. ESPN was uh, broadcasting a national hot, uh, football game, okay? They had the team that is the nation's powerhouse team, the best high school football team in the United States called IMG Academy, 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And they're playing an underdog kind of no name team from a high school called Bishop Sycamore. All right. So everybody's, you know, thinking, okay, this is going to be like one of those redemption football movies, like, you know, where they come in and they do so great. No, Mm -mm. they got stopped. They lost horribly. Mm. In fact, Bishop Sycamore was so bad that the announcers were concerned. They were laughing too when saying, when did ESPN start um, producing comedy? Oh, wow. It was a mystery how Bishop Sycamore even came to be on the field that day on a televised game, a nationally televised game with ESPN. And this is BS High School? Yeah, this is Bishop Sycamore okay. High School. This, <laughs> this is the BS High. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the name is BSI. It's, it's, okay. it's actually kind of hilarious that the, that the, the initials are that. So um, one of the announcers states, Bishop Sycamore told us they had a number of Division One prospects, but we could not verify that information. And so after the loss, the and well, actually during halftime on some stuff, um, the rumors began. There was reports now claiming that Bishop Sycamore is not even a real high school. Ooh. They have no facilities. They have no buildings. The kids are staying in hotels. And they're not actually high school players. What the heck? Yeah. So how does this even get into ESPN? And how does this even happen? Well, it all starts with a man named Coach Roy Johnson. Johnson. Yes, Roy Johnson. Okay. Mm. So... um at the start of the documentary, you know, they have the people coming into the room and they're hooking up to the equipment and that kind of thing. So as they're hooking him up for the doc- documentary interview, Johnson first says he's afraid and nervous, but then he jokes, he took a crash course in body language and asks how they want him to hold his hands. He said, man, listen, because body language is so important. Do you realize that if I sit a certain way, people are think that I don't care. So then he asked, how do I look? Are you sure I look cool? Do I look like a con artist? Damn. Mm-hmm. He's proud of it. He is. He's very proud of he's it. He's proud of it. Mm. So his name is, uh, so an old journalist named Andrew King um, is the author of Friday Night Lies, the Bishop Sycamore story. Says, I think that Roy is probably thrilled to be in a documentary. Sitting in front of a camera and talking is probably his ideal scenario. Roy could absolutely be the next, the next in a long line of people who fall on their own sword on a national scale because he talks too much in a documentary. Wow. Yeah. And so he, I've got him referred to as Roy in some parts and Johnson in other parts, just so you know. So if I say Roy or Johnson, I'm more than likely talking about same guy, the same guy. Yeah. So this is what Johnson says about himself. Okay. A lot of Roy Johnson is anecdotal, right? A lot of it becomes, and he pauses, legend, and he smirks. Mm. But for a little bit easier answer that people can digest, I always refer to the A-team. I took the embodiment of that show like I thought I was Hannibal from A-team. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Hannibal from A-team. <laughs> so he did his whole personality based on the A-team. Yes. Interesting. Uh, off of Hannibal from A-team, which I've got a little mm. screenshot for those that are not familiar with the A-team, <laughs> uh, basically anybody born after 1990-something, you know? <laughs> we're not going to say 91, but anyway. Um, so A-team revol- uh, TV was a TV show that revolved around four members of a former commando outfit, 
that were now mercenaries. Their leader is Lieutenant John Hannibal Smith, whose plans tend to be orthodox but effective. Mm. Okay. Is that the guy that smoked the cigar? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Does this guy smoke a cigar too? <laughs> he said I, I, he didn't during this, but okay. I think he would. So uh, Johnson says Hannibal would come up plans all the time, and the plans were crazy, right? Even though the plans didn't necessarily work out the way they should, they worked. Mm. Yeah. So Johnson tried to be part of Ohio State football, but that didn't work out, is what he says. So he got an internship with the New York Jets and wanted to eventually become a general manager. Johnson saw the players as gladiators and states, when the Bible says we are made in God's image, this is what it meant. Talking about the players and how they look. He says, and these two old men controlled them. What? So in his mind, the the way that I'm understanding this is he saw those players as almost godlike, and he was controlling gods. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Ooh. So Johnson talks about how good of a football player his younger brother was, and how Johnson would talk his brother's teachers into changing his grades when he failed, so that his brother could get into college to play football. Hmm. It's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Johnson had been working with the African Methodist Episcopal Church for three to four years doing projects when they approached him with the idea of opening a school called Christians of Faith, or COF, to help young men get an education and go to college. Johnson said, okay, but there has to be a football aspect to it. Remember that aspect part. Okay. Because it changes quickly. Okay. Okay. So then we enter the co-founder of COF, Christians of Faith Academy, John Branham Sr., okay? Mm -hmm. So he met Johnson after a football game, and Johnson told him that he always wanted to have a team and that he wanted to impact kids' lives, okay? Mm -hmm. So Branham told him, that's easy, I can do that. So Johnson said it was an opportunity to have a Christian school powerhouse, and what better place to do that than Ohio? For some reason, he's obsessed with Ohio, just so you know. As we oh. go through this, you'll see that. Like, they were living in New York, but he was convinced he was going to get his brother into Ohio State, and he did. Hmm. I mean, it's he's obsessed with Ohio, and I don't know why. So, Branham said they talked every day about the idea of the Christian Faith Academy, sometimes twice a day, to the point that <laughs> Branham says that his wife was asking if uh, Roy was actually another woman, and there wasn't any Roy. <laughs> <laughs> See, she knew he he had that streak in him, huh? She's like, okay, like, is that really a dude you're talking to or is it a woman? You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. said Director Trayvon uh, asks Johnson, tell me about John Branham Sr. Johnson goes, who? He said, John Branham Sr. Johnson goes, who's John Branham Sr.? So Branham says, of course he would say that because I know the, I know the, he knows I know the beginning. I know the ins and outs. Mm. And so then Johnson goes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was around for a few weeks, helped us out with advice. He's real smart. I can't, I, well, I can't say a few weeks. That wouldn't be right. So um, six, seven months, maybe. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Branham said it was about getting the school started and in two to three years, bring in the sports aspect. Johnson says Branham told him that it was like a $150 million project that would take years to build. The money was supposed to come from people getting insurance policies through the church and leaving that money to the school. 
Johnson said, hey, you want to help out the school, take out like a $100,000 life insurance policy. You can leave whatever percentage you want to your family and a certain percentage to the school. He said, so he gives me a list of things we're going to need. And once he gave me that list, it's just like anything else. Just go get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So people calling from, they said people were calling from out of state, wanting to help. They had engineers and architects that drew up a schematic for the school. It was this huge facility with like basketballs, um, courts on the roof. I mean, like it was insane. There's like, wow. um, the author King said, I would, it would have taken millions to try to build what they were planning. Millions. Hmm. So... Branham says, Roy called, says, hey, we're going to rent out that place super kicks for the kids to practice. And Brandon said, I said, yo, man, what kids? He said, I go up to the super kicks facility and there was like a bus, a tour bus with kids getting off the bus to practice. And I was like, what the hell? This is not what we were supposed to do. And who's or saying supposed this? to create Brandon? Okay. I was going to choke his ass. <laughs> How are you going to coach a team of young kids and you know it's not a school, was what he's saying. Mm. So basically what he's saying is he skipped over the whole school part, went straight to the football. Uh-huh. Johnson says, my philosophy in business is do what the people who have the money do, even if you don't have the money. Oh, Lord. Remember that, okay, because mm -hmm. we're going to come back to that. Branham said, I trusted Roy up to the point I didn't trust him. Mm. Johnson says, I'm insecure. I'm an extremist. And I'm very resourceful, and that's a bod bad combination. And he smirked and laughed. And that's a narcissist, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so ben, uh, ben Ferry was an investigator for the Ohio School Athletics Association, or the OHAA. They're the governing body of athletics in Ohio. Um, hmm. He says, COF, or Christian of Faith Academy, was the precursor for Bishop Sycamore. I was intrigued by Roy because he opened my mind to what fraud could be. I had no idea the depths of which you could get away with things. And his life provided a fantastic case study for all the flaws in the legal system. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> yes. So the King uh, author King says he went to media day and he commented on the lack of structure Stated he was the only media there besides someone who was hired to do the video for him. He said there was kids everywhere. There was no real practice going on. People were just running around. There was mm. no structure. He said a couple of people were walking around with clipboards, but other than that. Ugh. So it was like a babysitter, nothing happening. Yeah. So Mike Malone and Anthony Marlene are the video guys. Malone says Roy was sharper than most of everybody I've ever met. Mm. He knew what to say and how to say it. So he met them at a Panera Bread, talked for two to three hours, and sold them on the idea. They said he saw the proposal and didn't even flinch. I'm going to get to the bank, and I'm going to get you guys squared away within the next month. No problem, Marlon says Johnson told them. You're going to get us on Netflix, is what Malone said he mm. told them. So Johnson goes, yeah, maybe one day get it on HBO or Netflix, right? Of course, he's interviewing with HBO, so of course he's going to cater to them by saying, Mm-hmm. Because, again, there's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Anybody's little dog that'll trot. Exactly. That's what my mom used to say. So Malone believed they would be, like, the communication, the head of communications or the creative directors of a school that would be the next IMG Academy, something in, in Hawaii. In Hawaii Ohio, not Hawaii. I kept saying Oahu. No, Ohio. So Bomani Jones is a journalist and a TV host, and he says that IMG Academy is a school that was built to be an academic arm 
of what is basically a sports academy, probably the most known in the, in the country when it comes to athletics. And I am, uh, King says IMG gets kids to college and gets kids on the NFL. Mm. Okay. So Jones says nothing about IMG seems like a high school. It seems like a professional team, the way that they act. So this, this is a big school in Florida. Um, so King says, I think Roy looked at that and said, why can't I do that? Except kids with kids from bad backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So Faree says that COFBS acad- uh, academies targeted demographic were kids who were good at football or thought they were good, but they were not going to play at the next level because they didn't have good enough grades to get into college or academically qualified to play sports or just didn't have any other offers, but felt that they should have the author offers. Johnson promised D1 levels and acceptance to D1 college. So D1 or Division One is the highest level of college football schools you see on TV. The highest level of college football is the schools you see on TV normally. Faree says if Roy starts placing kids on D1 teams, then he becomes a nationally known coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Random says he walked around and talked to the other coaches, and he's like, you do realize there is no school. And he said... Uh, Johnson just told him, oh man, you got to let that go. And Brandon said, I said, I'm going to tell you when I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of his neck after I grabbed it. <laughs> so he's taking advantage of, of kids from uh, less than savory backgrounds that are wanting a, a way out. So exactly. he's taking advantage of their dreams. Exactly. Nasty. So Johnson says Branham and everyone left and it was just him and a couple of parents. And that's when, um, and then, as when that happened, the African Methodist Episcopal Church issued a statement saying they had no affiliation with Christian of Faith Academy. Hmm. Yep. And Johnson says, oh, it was just poor communication between that bishop and the pastors and the paperwork. He just didn't have the heart to say, yeah, I said it was okay. Hmm. So Director Trayvon, so they pull out, why don't you stop COF at that point? Johnson goes, I couldn't, at this point, I couldn't tell you if it was ego or heart. States he knew the kids, their neighborhoods, that some were homeless, said he didn't want to go to the kids and tell them he would do them like everyone else had. Director Trayvon, do you think it was, it was irresponsible to keep pushing the program forward when you didn't have the money? Roy Johnson, yes. Director Trayvon, would you do it again? Roy Johnson, yes. Mm. I kept the season afloat on my own. We flew to Texas without any backing and played 11 games. We failed as COF. The church pulled out and we failed. So the, so they got better kids, looked at where they went wrong, and started on Bishop Sycamore. Oh, gosh. Okay. Enter Andrew, uh, Andre Peterson. He was a COF coach. His kid played for COF, and then he became the director and partner of Bishop Sycamore. Okay. Mm. This guy has at least half a heart. I think he was... I think Roy convinced him and then he was delusional enough to want his son to play bad enough that he basically was not realizing or not allowing himself to realize what was really going on. Mm -hmm. So these kids were not in school, but they were not in any other school either. They were just. Right. So, so you'll, you'll hear as we go, there was absolutely no academics. Oh, yeah. 
So Andre Peterson says, I was passionate about it because I saw, I believed in the, I saw, and I believed in the vision. I saw the desire, but most importantly, I saw the need. My dream for Bishop Sycamore was a place for young men to be able to come and get the help that they needed. Mm. Okay. Barry says COF and Bishop Sycamore, Sycamore should absolutely be considered the same school. The first year of Bishop Sycamore, they were wearing COF equipment. Uh-huh. So Johnson says he stepped up recruitment. Peter, Peterson says the young men were bring, they were bringing in had a bad home life, bad grades, or needed more film time because they didn't play a lot. The end goal was they wanted to get to college. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we start with quarterback Trillian Harris. Um, his dad was not a part of his life. He needed male role models. Right. Um, the cornerback Adrian Brown was just trying to capitalize on opportunity to get to go to college. Yeah. Um, trying to find a way out. Mm-hmm. Mario Agen was the running back. He came from broken homes. They had been evicted many times in his mm-hmm. childhood. Justin Daniels was a, a tackle. His father had been convicted of murder when Daniels was seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trillian says Johnson contacted me during COVID stating they'd been playing IMG and state Francis, these big schools. Ferry says, when you get told something you thought was over, wasn't, and you're going to be playing in like Alabama, a lot of people would buy into that. You know, it just makes me angry because this guy totally capitalized on children's dreams to have a better life from where they started. Mm. I mean, these kids had no say so in where they started in life. Right. And they had a really bad shake of it. And these kids actually were dreaming enough to try to find a way out of it. And this right. guy totally took advantage of that. And that absolutely. makes me so flipping angry. I can't even tell you. Oh, absolutely. So it, it gets worse though. Mm. <laughs> it, it gets worse, but so let's go. So Jones, uh, the TV host, and uh, Jones says they dream of being in the NFL. They dream of being rich. They dream of being famous. And you sell them the idea of, hey, I'm going to get you to these places that will get you there. All you have to do is work hard. <sighs> so Zai Sean Johnson was a running back. He was promised that he would be uh, at a big time division school one. He said he promised he would promise me everything I wanted to hear. Of course, Isaiah, that's what they do. Yep. Jerks. Isaiah Miller was a, a linebacker, and Johnson called his mom saying he would be playing IMG. Isaiah took the phone and told him IMG was his dream school. I always wanted to play against or play with them. He wanted to get better and get a D1 scholarship. Oh, my goodness. So Johnson also used the Bishop Sycamore Twitter page to recruit. He There was hundreds of messages direct the two players from Bishop Sycamore's Twitter page saying, hey, DM me. Mm. And Ferry says the dream he sold them on is I will get you into a D1 school. Okay. Mm. And we're going to take a break. And when I come back, I'll continue with this crazy tale. All right. We're back. Mm-hmm. Okay, so according to the journalist, um, actually, I'm going to back up. So McCose Todd was a player. He was a running back, and he said he was just sold on the dream. 
Right. I want you to remember his name, though, okay? What was it again? Mikos Tog. Okay. I think that's how you say it. Okay. So Trillion was um in a lost space, so he took this as a chance to start something new. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the players said stuff like, it sounded like a fairy tale story. I don't have nothing else. I'm just home. And we could potentially get scholarships to a big college. My parent can, my parents don't get money. For, my parents don't got money for no big time university. Right. Yeah. So Johnson says, I'm going to get you an opportunity to get filmed. I'm going to get you an opportunity to get your grades up. I'm going to get you an opportunity to travel around the country and play football. So, Demetrius Gates was a cornerback, and he was told he would be helped to get his ACT score up and to get extra tape to help him attend colleges. Mm. So, these outlandish claims would seem like hope for kids who struggled academically or financially to attend college. Johnson said he used to drive around the neighborhoods and recruit kids he saw playing football out in the streets. He said, I would just know what I'd look for. I'd look for two telephone poles. And then he said he used hip hop to recruit using Sugar Knight's line about bad boy. Any artist out there who wants to be an artist and want to stay a star and don't want to worry about your executive producer all up in your video, all on the record, come to death row. Okay. Is what Suge Knight says. Roy Johnson says he would say, you want to go to college? You don't want your coach all up in your Twitter, all on your Instagram, talking about how he made you hot. Come to Bishop Sycamore. And he laughed. He said, I literally took that from Suge and applied it to these kids. He is a disgusting human being. Yep. So Christy Ferguson is uh, Trillian's mom. And uh, she ended up being for the IMG game. They had her be the trainer for the IMG game, which you'll hear later. That's Mm. not a good idea. So she was very excited. Trillian only needed two academic credits to graduate to go to college. And Johnson had promised that Trillian would be in an apartment supplied by the school. Okay. Lord. So Quincy Talmadge was a wide receiver that said Johnson knew how to talk and made you feel comfortable. Okay. The player said he was a cool dude and it was like having an uncle on the field. So director Trayvon says, talk about your coaching style. Johnson goes, hold on a second. Did you already speak to players? Or am I getting first shot to explain me as a coach? Oh, that means bad. So Trayvon says, no, you get the first shot. And Johnson says, oh, I get the first shot. Okay, um, I'm an understanding coach who was uh, uh, out embracing. And then he just starts laughing. And then he describes himself as a creative, passionate, would say whatever he needed to say to pull that dog up out of you. Anything. Yelled, screamed, motivated, pulled, tugged, hugged, hugged, made fun of kids and made fun of their situations. Oh, my God. So Trillian says Roy is not a coach. And Faree says it is a law that if you coach interscholarship, interscholactic, let me start that over. It is a law that if you coach interscholactic activities in the state of Ohio, you have to have what is called a pupil activity permit. It ensures you are safe to be around kids by having a background check. Mm-hmm. Johnson never had nor applied for this permit. Mm. Trillian said there was no coaching, no filming, and no playbooks. Okay? Playbooks are pretty important with football. Yeah, you would think. So Director Trayvon says, in terms of a playbook, and Johnson goes angrily, yeah, one of them stupid kids said, and then he paused, he goes, 
with sarcastically one of those young men that I like, they was like, we got off, got it off Madden, the video game. I was, I wasn't the offensive corner, so I didn't get it off Madden. He says, Oh my gosh, this guy's an ass. Yep. Players saw he didn't care. So they didn't care. Nobody was telling him to make them run or practice. So they didn't. It was all about money at all costs. So Faree found multiple unpaid parking tickets, unpaid court costs, unpaid business loans, and unpaid tax liens in Roy Johnson's name. Mm. So Johnson claimed he didn't go into things not wanting to pay them, but life happened. Life happened. My gosh, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that out of people's mouths that have the same type of personality. So did you remember, but remember our quote earlier about what the people with the money do? My philosophy in business is to do what the people who have the money do, even if you don't have the money. But here he is turning around saying, I didn't go into things wanting to not wanting to pay them. He sure did. They sure did. So there was a paintball company he took the team to. And he left them a credit card saying that the owner of the card would come in and pay later. Had his name on the card and everything. Mm. So they never, nobody ever came back in. They ran the card and it was declined. John says, like, oh, it was a small problem I didn't want to deal with. A 300 paintball bill, like that. The actual bill was $800, Mm. and he never paid it. Mm. So Malone and Marlene said, though, when the paintball company left a message on the social media saying it was fucked up, they didn't pay, Johnson told them to ignore all bad media, to keep it all positive narrative. It's just what the man does, the video team says, that in the time they were with Christian uh, Faith Academy, and Bishop Sycamore, um, they made $60. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And it was gas money. People. He split gas money with them. And mind you, they, you know, he was the one that wasn't blinking at the proposal, saw him at Panera Bed and said he'd get them paid within the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Split $60 on gas money between them. It's ridiculous. So when Johnson's asked about this by the director, he says, oh, that's a friendship. That's beyond business. Those guys are my friends. They're going to get paid when I move on. Mm. so malone laughed when told this shaking his head supply that's all they are yep yep supply so players were in a 32 dollar a night hotel the first night and the first night they're there the desk clerks was banging on their doors telling them to have roy come pay her mm. okay so and roy, y'all, let me just tell you a 32 dollar a night hotel room is gross oh yeah <laughs> that's about as nasty as mm-hmm. i can think of so, especially, you know, in the 20s, in the 19, 2019 to 2022 is when all this yeah. is going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Johnson says, well, Johnson says, they say, all right, if you need 10 to 15 rooms, you can pay either net 30, net 60, or net 90. So, I was like, I can get this hotel room and pay it in like 90 days? Shit. And he laughed. He said, what would you think I was going to do? They offered me credit and I took it. Oh, man. Uh, I cannot tell you. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to stop talking because I'm going to get off on a rant. <laughs> and that's what this is for, Those like, for us to discuss it, man. So, Faree uh, says Johnson has at least a dozen lawsuits against him, according to this. So, the director, Martin, started asking him about lawsuits. And Johnson responds, it's fair to say I have a few. The ones that you looked up. And uh, <laughs> I don't Ma- have any more than the ones that you saw. Exactly. And Martin's like, how many did you have? And Johnson's like, how many did you count? Martin goes over 30. And Johnson goes over 30. He goes, 
lawsuits? And he goes, yeah, over 30. It's pretty wild. Why have you had so many lawsuits? And Johnson says, because I didn't pay the bills. Because he's a crook. And Martin said, why didn't you pay the bills? Johnson said, I don't know. Might have been I didn't have the money. Didn't care. Lazy. Arrogance. There's a lot that goes into it. I would literally have to look at all 30 lawsuits and look down and look at them. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. There is something about narcissists and money. If a narcissist doesn't already have money, they are terrible with money. They are absolutely terrible. They will take your money, their money, anyone's money and just waste it and not pay their bills. I mean, it is ridiculous. Now, so you're agreeing with me on the narcissist I agree side with of this. You. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are some narcissists that are millionaires, but the ones that are not good with money are absolutely disturbingly bad with money and they will ruin you and they will take you down with them. <laughs> That's yeah. what they will do. So oh my goodness. director Martin asked him, he said, what does it feel like to be a cop? Are, are you a con man? And Johnson goes, well, it's not my trade or profession. And then he laughs. He goes, okay, you know, I'm dodging it. Oh, I just want to kick his ass. I know. So Fury says, Roy is absolutely a con man. Uh, Director Trayvon is, says, is he any good at it to Faree? And Faree says, that's a great question. He's kind of good at it and kind of awful at it. <laughs> it sounds like it. So Johnson says he's con man-ish. Not really a con man, but kind of a con man. He's a con man. He says, there are some hustles I did I could tell you about. And man, they were hustles. I would call a grocery store in the morning and say, hey, I need to order 25 rotisserie chickens. And they will order the chickens and cook them. And then I wouldn't pick them up. And then I'd show up at the deli at 6 o'clock when they closed because I knew at night they would mark them down. $2 oh. a piece. But, if it did, but I didn't have a choice. How am I going to feed 50 kids? Oh my God, y'all. I just want to hurt him. <laughs> so oh. jo Roy Johnson would feed them when he could. The players said they were eating pizza and pasta a lot. One said leftover pasta left uneaten would get put up and served four days later. Ew. Um, Erica Kang was a teen mom. She said the pictures of the food her son sent her was unidentifiable. She's like, I was like, what is it? Porridge? So the team was going into grocery stores and stealing food. Oh, my god! They gosh. were kicked out of Walmart at one point. They were all banned from the Walmart closest to the hotel they were at. So Faree says there was no educational standards. There were no teachers. They did not provide education. Youth Build, a school for kids who were in jail during high school or dropouts who wanted to get their GED, was uh, claimed to be... The academic leg for a little while of Bishop Sycamore. Um, and then Youth Build started saying they had no affiliation with them. But Bishop Sycamore began to take out loans and run up bills in their name. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So 2019 ended and graduates from Bishop Sycamore High School, zero. Mm. So they claimed their bill schedule was from 7, 10 a.m. to 3.05 p.m. in Franklin University Library. Uh, for 2020. These students get there and the doors are locked. They can't get in. Mm. So these were students that were relying on help increasing grades and passing the ACT that never received further education. 2020 graduates from Bishop Sycamore High School, zero. Johnson claims they never had a brick and mortar location. Three games into the season, according to the players, and they never touched a single academic assignment, no laptop, no solid place to do work, and no teachers. 
what gets me is these kids wanted to increase their grades. They wanted to do better. Oh, yeah. And this guy was just an ass. Oh, my God. So Peterson said, I don't really think there was a gap between what was promised and what was delivered. I guess in a way you could say that, I guess. In 2021, Bishop Sycamore graduates, zero. Three, if these were individuals under the age of 18, you have a legal obligation to provide them a very strict framework and make sure they're doing what they need to do mm-hmm. because they are not adults yet. Their brain isn't fully formed. But one of the things Bishop Sycamore and COF Academy would always dance around was the age of their players. Oh. 2020 paperwork stated three students were truant. 2021, only one. But there was more than that on the field. There was 50 students. So how is only three in 2020 and one in 2021 truant Mm. without doing their work? The answer would be that they were all already aged out of school. What? So Zyshawn was already graduated at recruitment. He was already uh, out of high school. Um, Like for real, you're saying? Mm-hmm. So he was recruiting kids that didn't even need an education? I don't understand. He was recruiting kids that wanted to play football but weren't playing football, couldn't get into the college because their grades, promising them he would get their grades up even though they had already completed high school. Oh, my God, what a lie. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so Johnson would claim they had no graduates or players over 19 on the team. However, Malone... And Marlene said there were comments made at practice like, we're going to go out there and play a bunch of 17 and 18-year-olds and whoop the shit out of them. <sighs> Quincy said there was some players that had children, some that were just out of jail. Oh, my God. Johnson was trying to say that it wasn't true. Faree says Minkos Todd mm-hmm. played for Bishop Sycamore in 2021 when he was listed as a sophomore in junior college. What? Yep. Players said it always felt like they were doing bad things, things they weren't supposed to be doing. Sounds like it. Yep. So players said, one player says he was in junior college and knew he wasn't eligible for high school football, but Johnson told him it was a prep team. Oh, my God. So. He's just telling whatever they want to hear to get him there. Johnson claims Bishop Sycamore was a hybrid high school prep team. And Free says it doesn't exist. If you have one prep player, it's a prep school, which is basically college preparation. Mm -hmm. Um, Jones says you're bringing 21-year-olds out to play against 16 to 18-year-olds. Like, that is flatly wrong. And it's masked by the fact that they weren't any good. (laughs) Well, so whatever. Johnson angrily says, what's the, what's the high school age limit? Does anybody know? Is there some type of organization that says how old you have to be to play at high school football? Where's that manual? Does anybody have that? I'm sure somebody does. So the 2021-2022 OHSAA, so the high, Ohio High School Athletics Association Manual Regulation states you can be 19 years old and play the day you turn 20, you age out. Hmm. So what does Johnson say to that when they tell him that? Cool. What's it have to do with us? We aren't OSA. They aren't even governed by the state. They just, they're just an association. The OSA is the association that sets the age limit for, for the entire state of Ohio. Hmm. Johnson goes, well, did I break a law? 
is it illegal? Am I in jail? Oh my God. What an arrogant bastard. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So Bishop Sycamore actually agreed contractually um, at times to comply with OSO rules. Hmm. It showed some of the contracts on that documentary. Mm -hmm. How is so, this guy not like have criminal charges yet? Oh, he, he, that's one thing I will say. He definitely dances around. Hmm. So I am going to have to make this a two-parter because I've still got a ton of notes. I'm just kind of flipping through here to see. Um, I can get a, a little bit more into this one. So this is a quote from Johnson. It says, I think I'm the most honest liar that I know. Oh my God. If you ask me if I lied, I would say, absolutely. I tell you that. My core value is loyalty. So I wouldn't lie to someone I'm loyal to. And I don't think I would lie to someone that is... Um, Okay, hold on. And I don't think I would lie to someone I'm loyal to. Hmm. I won't lie to you if it can be proven. <laughs> Martin God. says, so if, if it, Martin says, so if it can't be proven, you'll lie. And Johnson yep. says, yes. Oh, my God. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I'm telling you, that guy's <laughs> messed up. Oh, my gosh. So uh, Joe Maimwan uh, is a matchmaker for the top teams in high school, mm. matches football games with other players. He said, Roy told me they wanted to schedule with top teams. They didn't care if they won or lost. They just wanted the experience. Mm. So Jones believes Roy wanted the exposure of being filmed playing these teams. Johnson says, do you know why AMG played us in the uh, Canton Hall of Fame? Because nobody else in Ohio wanted to play them. They think it's a finesse thing, right? How did you finesse your way on the ESPN? We didn't. They called us, he says. Mm. So the cockiness of Johnson, despite the schedule, my own belt for them, they actually scheduled an additional game. They played two major teams in a three-day span, one of them being IMG. Johnson said if they wanted it that way, less than two games a week, they should make it illegal. But they didn't. Mind you, these are, and I want you to remember, this is me saying this, mind you, these are kids slamming into each other hard, repeatedly yeah. on a field. Mm -hmm. And Faris says there is no law against playing two football games within 48 hours, just like there is no law against driving a nail into your leg. People don't do it because it's stupid and unhealthy. And Jones says you cannot dis demonstrate less of a regard for the health of your players than having them play two tackle football games in a span of three days. So it showed some of the film from the first of these two games before the big IMG game that was televised. Mm -hmm. And the Bishop Sycamore kids were sharing helmets Oh my God. They were sharing gear and sharing helmets. And because of this, the helmets were so, they weren't registered. They mm -hmm. weren't rated. They weren't where they were supposed to be. And they were probably and they damaged. Were, they were, they were literally flying off the players. Uh -huh. It was showing like, they're like three or four different hits where the same players helmets just flying off. Oh my God. Um, so Martin, director Martin says, Players sharing helmets, isn't that dangerous? Dangerous? And John Z goes, yes, football's dangerous. Oh, my God. So I'm going to end with that, and then we'll come back and we'll do the big game. 
This is despicable. Yeah, it's pretty rough. All right. Well, I'll see you on the next side.